0: Just a safe space where I share personal stories from my spiritual journey. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Earth Keepers and Happy July! Now that we're heading into the peak summer months here in the Northern Hemisphere, I want us all to really take advantage of the long, warm days to get outside and get in touch with the earth in some new ways. If you've been listening to the podcast for the last few weeks, hopefully you've added some new routines into your daily schedule to connect with the sun, the earth, and the water. If you missed those three episodes, definitely go back and listen and then share your experiences with us in the Following Hawks Earth Keepers community on Facebook. Now, during the month of July, we're going to take our experiences even deeper into the energetic realm by unlocking the wisdom and magic that a specific location in nature has to share with you. And while you certainly can just follow along by listening to this month's episodes, you'll get a whole lot more out of them if you actively participate, even if you're not listening in live time. So here's how it's going to work. You're going to pick a place in nature that you want to work with this month that's ideally not more than about 20 minutes or so from your house. It should be easy for you to get to so that you can visit at least once a week for the next four weeks. It doesn't have to be a large area, but it can be if that's where you're being called. It might be a place you already visit regularly, or maybe it's a place you've never been but that intrigues you. It might feel full of beautiful energy and nature spirits, or it might feel sad and in need of help. You probably already have a place that's popped into your mind. If not, set an intention for the location to be made clear to you. Or open up Google Maps on Satellite View and scan around and see if there's something that catches your attention. But between now and next week, you're going to pick your spot and visit it at least once for at least an hour. And I'll tell you at the end of the episode what you're going to do while you're there. But first, I want to remind you that if you're being drawn to learning how to work with nature and the spirits of the land on an even deeper level, I would love to have you join me for the Earth Tenders Academy. In this online course, you'll connect even more deeply with the energy of the land where you live, work with the spirits of the land there, and learn how to do healing work in partnership with those spirits. The Earth Tenders Academy is an online course with nine modules chock full of video lessons for me, along with guided meditations to experience each subject for yourself. We meet together live twice a month to practice our skills, including one call every month where we do a reading and healing with a house or a piece of land together and then compare notes. Every single month, there's at least one person who says, I am totally new at this and didn't think I got much. But... After hearing everyone else's experiences, I realized I definitely got the same messages. These practice sessions will get you trusting your intuitive guidance and channeled messages in no time. So there's a link in the show notes to learn more about the Earth Tenders Academy and join us. Now, let's shift gears and talk a bit about sacred places you might find in nature. Because when you're visiting nature in a sacred and intentional way, you'll begin to experience far more than just what's on the surface. There is knowledge and wisdom stored absolutely everywhere in the earth. You can sit on a tiny patch of lawn in your backyard and 100% find powerful spirits and energies ready to work with you underneath the houses and sidewalks and lawns in your neighborhood. They may be a little quieter than undisturbed places and need a little bit more time to come out of hiding, but you don't actually have to travel anywhere to find a sacred place. However, many of the places we think of as sacred came to be that way after many, many generations of tending by humans and the spirits of the land. So over the next few weeks, you're going to do a little of this tending with the spirits at your chosen location. The book Sacred Places, How the Living Earth Seeks Our Friendship by James A. Swan lays out a list of traditional types of sacred places in nature that have unique qualities. I'll link to it in the show notes if you want to check it out, but I'll give you a quick overview so that you have an idea of the variety of places in nature that are often considered sacred. First are graves, cemeteries, and burial grounds. Depending on where you live in the world, These could be marked or unmarked. You may not be aware that a place was used for this purpose until you get to know it better. Throughout the Midwest and the South here in the US, there are lots of mound sites, thought to possibly be ancient burial sites, for instance. Next are purification places. These might be somewhere with water, like a river, a waterfall, or the ocean. But it could also be a place that's been ceremonially used for sweat lodges or fasting. Then there are places in nature that have particularly strong energies for healing, like hot springs. Sacred plant and animal sites are places where the plants and animals are in some way different. There may be specific tree or plant medicine available in this spot or potent animal energy to work with. Now, most of us are familiar or work in some ways with stones or crystals, many of which come from specific special places known as quarries. Pipestone National Monument in Minnesota is an example of an ancient sacred quarry. Then we have astronomical observatories. These are places created to mark the movement of the stars, like Bighorn Medicine Wheel in Wyoming. Fajada Butte in Chaco Canyon, New Mexico, and of course, Stonehenge. Shrines, temples, and effigies can come in all shapes and sizes and include things like ancient earthworks or stones or mounds found in places all over the world. Historical sites are the kinds of places that are more likely to be marked, preserved, or still honored as a part of history, like a battlefield or a settlement area sometimes with painful energies still present. Okay, just a few more. Places of spiritual renewal would be locations traditionally used for prayer and ceremony. It could also be the site of a native tribe's origin stories. Oftentimes it's a mountain or a large body of water. Mythic and legendary sites are places that figure largely into traditional stories. They're where the gods or mythical beings reside. Vision questing, or dreaming places, are known to open portals in our minds to waking visions and vivid dreams. And you're probably familiar with rock art places, where petroglyphs can be found carved into stone throughout much of the Western U.S., marking important places, ceremonies, or cycles. The power of the place was likely already known before the art was created. Fertility sites are often associated with special stones, caves, springs, or herbs, and these sites were known for assisting in fertility and childbirth. And finally, sunrise ceremonial sites. These are natural altars of stone meant for welcoming the first rays of sunshine. Now, it's unlikely you'll know exactly the purpose or use of a site before you visit, and Its use or medicine may be totally different than anything listed here. That's been my experience. But I wanted to give you an idea of some of the more traditional ways people have worked with nature to create the energy that's found in sacred places. These types of sites came into being because of their inherent qualities that the people before us were able to connect with, understand, and then use for their physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. And those qualities are likely still present today. Okay, so now let's talk about a few things you should think about before you settle on the place you want to work with. First, please be respectful of private property, bushwhacking, or wandering off trail where that type of thing is not allowed. And very importantly, if you are aware of sacred places that are still being actively used by the Indigenous people in your area, or the location has been a source of legal battles to remain protected for an Indigenous community, Please respect those boundaries if they do not belong to your culture. A good rule of thumb is that if it's open to the public, you're welcome to visit. If it's on or near a traditional tribal community, thoughtfully find a way to contribute to that community when you visit. Stop for lunch at a local restaurant, visit a museum there to learn more about the history and culture, or buy something from a local shop your intention with this action is more important than the amount of time or money you spend. Share your gratitude that the special place in this community has been tended, preserved, and is still available for your visit. Now, when you're visiting any place in nature that you'd like to connect with at a deeper level, take the time to set your intentions before each visit. When you do that, you're signaling to the energies there that You'd like to visit in a different type of way rather than just passing through on a walk. When you arrive at this location and get out of your car, take a moment to feel into the energy there. Is there a specific area that seems to be pulling or calling you? Do you feel like you should go one direction or another? Are there any visions, words, or thoughts that pop into your head? Just make a note of all those things and always ask permission to visit before setting out and share an offering of your gratitude. Now, as you begin to explore this location, move very slowly. I call it spirit hiking. It's slow and deliberate and allows for me to get a closer look at anything that catches my attention. Look for things that stand out to you. How animals move or where birds congregate. Is there a particular plant or tree or flower that you notice? Circles of trees or a particular tree that's radiating energy towards you. Stop and explore anything that you see. And you can ask in your head, do you have something to share with me? Notice if the things that you see or feel can tell you anything about the use of this place. Then find a place where you feel comfortable to sit or lay down quietly. I carry a foldable blanket with me and always bring my notebook to record anything I'd like to remember. Spend as much time as you would like connecting with the energy there. When you're visiting nature in a deliberate way, you're allowing the energies there to communicate with you in a different way than usual. So look for those signs. You may see unusual shapes in the clouds or notice you're receiving messages from a rock or a tree, or you may suddenly feel filled with emotions. It's also possible that you won't feel or notice anything at all. We cannot predict or control the experience. Remember that the deeper purpose of exploring nature in this way is to come into alignment with the earth, which is naturally healing for our human bodies and souls. So the greatest experience comes from surrendering to something larger than yourself and allowing for the relationship with this place to unfold in the highest and best way for you. If you can release your expectations about what you think should happen, You can be in the flow with what's actually happening. Often, the transformation we want to actually have occur happens later when we let the experience integrate in the coming days, weeks, or months. You may get a piece of the puzzle or a bit of advice when you're physically there, but then you carry that energy back into your life and events begin to align as a result of your visit. It will only be later that you can look back and see all the pieces. In fact, when I worked this way with Krauss Basin last summer, although I had tons of insights and epiphanies during my visits there, it wasn't until December, six months later, before I could put it all together and share about it here on the podcast. I needed six months to process all that energy. And in some ways, I'm still integrating it. And I'll add a link in the show notes to that episode if you missed it. But what I'm saying here is be patient. Let the experience unfold as it needs to. But also follow up and take action on the nudges and insight that you receive. You might be surprised at how the energy of the sacred place is continuing to work through you long after you visit there. Okay, so are you ready to go on this adventure? Because here's what you're going to do this week. First. Pick your location to work with if you haven't already. Then go listen to the guided meditation I created to help you initially connect with this place before your first official visit. When you're ready to physically go to your chosen spot, here's what you're going to bring with you. Something to take notes with, either a notebook or the voice recorder on your phone. Although I'd strongly encourage you to experience this place without your phone. Bring whatever you need to be comfortable outside appropriate clothes, a snack, or water. You don't want to be distracted by being cold or hungry or thirsty. Something to sit on if it makes you feel more comfortable to sit on the ground. I like a waterproof blanket so that I don't have to worry about getting wet and cold. It also helps to mark my sacred space if there's other people around and gives me space to lay out any crystals or tools that I might bring. And speaking of tools, I like to ask who wants to come with me before I leave the house. Particular crystals, essential oils, sound tools, or offerings will let me know if they want to come with me. And finally, I would suggest that you select an item that represents your personal energy signature that you bring with you every time you visit this place. It's a bit of a signal every time you arrive to say, I'm here and I'm ready to work with you. It might be a crystal or a particular flower or a special blend of oils. Be creative and think how you want to share your energy signature. And I do have a funny story about this. When I was working with Crouse Basin last June, I had a piece of selenite that I would bring with me on every visit. There's a large tree stump right at the entrance to the trail, and I would set the selenite on the stump when I arrived and pick it up when I left. I wasn't really worried about leaving it unattended because I never ran into other people while I was there. So every week for four weeks, the selenite would sit on the stump during my visit. At the end of the month, I wasn't quite ready to be done with the experience and came back again, even though the energies had said they were going to work with me elsewhere moving forward because we were getting into the busy summer months and it wouldn't be so quiet there for us. That last visit was still a beautiful visit But when I got back to the trailhead to collect my selenite, it was gone. I looked all around on the ground thinking maybe a squirrel had tried to carry it off, but I didn't see it anywhere. The spirits were letting me know. We were done there. Of course, I still went back and visited regularly until the snow fell last winter and the road closed, but the energy was different than what we created together in that one special month when I asked for its magic to be revealed to me. That's why I'm so excited to hear about your experiences this month. Okay, so here's what you're going to do during your visit for week one. This week, I want you to focus on the physical attributes of your chosen location. Plants and animals are the way showers into other realms. They're more in tune with the energies of the space and can help you to see what might be hidden in plain sight. Make note of the plants, animals, and birds you see. Are there any that are especially abundant or something that seems unusual or out of the ordinary? Give yourself at least an hour to wander slowly and take it all in. Maybe even take a field guide with you to help you ID trees and plants. You can also look for patterns of how birds or animals interact with this place. Are there animal trails there? Is there a space where they're clearly bed down at night or congregate? When I was working at Kraus Basin, I expected that Devil's Club would be a plant with a lot of medicine to share with me, but it turned out that false Solomon seal was very important to my experience there, but it took a few weeks for it to all unfold. So just notice what catches your attention this week. And don't worry, if you've been trying to remember everything I just suggested, there's a checklist for you in the show notes to help you gather the items you need for your visit and remind you what to do during your visit. However, this is your adventure. Follow your own intuition and guidance and just use my suggestions as a starting point. So, to recap, pick your location, do the guided meditation, collect the items you'd like to bring with you, and go spend at least an hour exploring. Oh, and one note about working out in public: since you may end up working in a place where there are lots of other people, I know we can feel awkward and weird sometimes when we're doing these things out where people can potentially see us, so do what feels most comfortable for you. You might want to find a less trafficked area so that you have a little privacy, but I would encourage you to experiment a bit over the next few weeks and see what happens. Because even though we think what we're doing looks weird, other people are usually intrigued, and even if they don't look at you or say anything, They're soaking in all those good vibes you're creating with the spirits of the land there. One day last summer, I took my blanket and some large crystals and a book down to the lake on a warm morning to enjoy the sunshine. I was there all alone at first and got myself set up to lay in the sun and read my book, but set my crystals up in a way that they were pointing at the water and I knew they were busy working while I was relaxing. An hour or so passed, and people started showing up with their families and their picnics, staking out their own patch of beach. And I was immersed in my book and not paying much attention as more and more people arrived. People were swimming and laying on floaties, and kids were plopping themselves down in the shallow water to play. I was suddenly surrounded by people. So I sat up and looked around and realized they were all right in my little energy bubble. The beach and water was Totally empty further out to my left and right. All of these different groups of people had migrated to this one area of water in front of me where all the crystals were pointed, even though they had plenty of room to spread out. So, yeah, people can feel it when we're working with the land in an intentional way and they'll come soak it in. I had another occasion where I was at Glacier National Park on a very cold winter day. I'd walked all the way to the end of the long boat dock and sat with my feet dangling over the frozen lake. I pulled my singing bowl out of my backpack to play right as two women showed up to take some selfies next to me. So I just set it down and was sitting quietly waiting for them to leave. But they saw the bowl and said, oh, are you gonna play that? I told them I was planning on it and they got very excited and wanted to stay there while I played. So I tell you those stories to encourage you not to be too shy around other people. Sometimes I want to be left alone in nature myself, so I understand. But remember that what we're doing is assisting in awakening humanity, and there's no better way to see it happen right in front of our eyes than to do this work in public. So try it out, see what happens. Of course, I would love to hear your experiences in the following Hawks Earthkeepers community on Facebook. Next week, we'll experiment with using sound and electromagnetic frequencies at your sacred spot. So have fun exploring this week, and I will see you right back here next Tuesday. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Earth Keepers podcast. I'm so honored to share this journey with you. I would love it if you join me and other Earth Keepers from around the world in the following Hawks Earth Keepers community on Facebook. To find the show notes, additional resources, or learn more about working with me, go to earthkeeperspodcast.com. Until next time, I'll see you in the multiverse.